What up? It's your boy Larry Harris Jr., a.k.a. Black Bobby. I uh, wanted to come to you today to explain something that I think is very important. Uh, actually, uh, my uncle slash family, extended family member, Howard Woodson, asked me a question um, that I think is very important. It's about why I chose um, or declared on Facebook that I would not be supporting Vice President Joe Biden in the general election. Uh, and I'll explain in a second. So, I know this is very confusing for people. <clears throat> the first question, obviously, is do I support Trump or something? Uh, you know, why don't I support the vice president? You know, am I like a Bernie bro who, who's Bernie or bust? And like all these kind of questions. I'm not saying Mr. Woodson asked for those questions, but those are questions that probably pop to your mind. Um, excuse me. I want to try to answer your questions as thoughtfully as I can, so I'm going to take my time. The first thing is that to understand why I wouldn't support Joe Biden for president of the United States in the general election, even against somebody who I do not support and do not really like in the President Trump, um, you have to understand how I cut my teeth in politics and why... Uh, how about this, that I have deeply held convictions about how politics should be, uh, should be practiced and how we as citizens should participate in the electorate and the general system. So <clears throat> the first thing is that, as a lot of you know, I was on the student government at Tufts University and I was president of the student government. My senior year, <coughs> three friends of mine and I started United Leaders, which was uh, a, uh, an action tank for idealism. Um, it was a city year for politics. And when I say that, what we were trying to do is recruit a generation of service-minded people that had committed their lives to public service and were idealistic on top of that. Find a generation of millennials who are idealistic and service-minded. Oh, excuse me. That's twice I've done that now. So take this generation of idealistic, service-minded kids. You know, 85% of millennials at the time had done some form of community service, but we're not making the transition into politics. And so what we were trying to do really was get more idealism in politics and create a sea change in politics by basically removing all the political leaders that we found less than savory. Um, you know, we had convictions. You know, when I first started United with United Leaders, uh, Jesse Levy, He'd already done considerable work on this organization. And he came up with a framework for the way we wanted to view politics, which were based around five principles. And in those principles were things like being willing to sacrifice an election, you know, your political office for the things you believe in, 
you know, that's something that came out of also Profiles in Courage with John F. Kennedy. Um, putting the good of the nation or state or county or city above your personal interest or uh, party interest or corporate interest or whatever. So the principles were things like that. They were guiding principles for politicians. And what we were going to do is find millennials, you know, basically indoctrinate them with these principles and then help them get elected to political office where they would become this new generation of leaders who were statesmen and willing to be profiles in courage for the things that they believed in or believed were best for not only the country, but for wherever they represented. So, you know, we were nonpartisan, first of all. Um, Jesse was a Republican. I was a Democrat. Uh, we were nonpartisan, uh, you know, and operated as such. The, the kids in our program came from all, you know, ideologies, etc. So the reason why I tell you that is because during that time, I just, I established some very deeply held convictions about politics. And so when 2016 came around, I actually did not support Bernie Sanders initially. I supported no one and waited to see kind of what was going to happen. I also liked Martin O'Malley. One thing I did know is that I did not like Hillary Clinton under any circumstances. And that has nothing to do, obviously, with her being a woman. I mean, I've hired and paid more women than most of you could say you have. I love women to death. I've done so much for women in my time, including training them to run for political office in my program. Hillary Clinton just isn't the one for me. So, you know, I, uh, I voted for Senator Sanders in the primary in 2016. And then I subsequently wrote when he lost the election that I was not Bernie or bust uh, in the Huffington Post. And the reason was because I thought it was so important to defeat Trump that I would compromise my deeply held convictions. I know not everyone is like that about politics, but I would compromise my deeply held convictions and vote for Hillary in the general, even though I disagree with her on just about anything she ever says. Um, her approach, the way she practices politics, the various controversies around her and her husband. Uh, I mean, I was alive in the 90s. I'm not sure what happened to all of you who were alive in the 90s, but I remember that very well. And it was a controversy every week. It was scandals in the White House. It was totally below the level of discourse that I would prefer in politics. So I compromised my convictions, voted for Hillary in the general because everyone said that was the thing to do we have to vote for Hillary. We got to beat Trump. And she still lost. So imagine where I am now. Uh, you know, I have these, this, this history in politics where I'm literally trying to get rid of the current politicians. I have uh, deeply held convictions of my own about how to practice politics. And I've compromised those things in order to vote for someone I don't believe in and don't believe should be president and she still loses. So now here we are in 2020. Let's, let's throw in the fact that Bernie uh, had that election uh, manipulated un, out from under him, by the way. Um, if, if, if nothing, at least the superdelegates played a role in tilting that election and influencing the voting that went on in the country and tipped it in favor of, and, uh, of 
of uh, Secretary Clinton. Uh, so, you know, I, you know, on two levels now, I voted for Hillary, which I definitely did not want to do. And I also believe the election was stolen, flat out. So before I keep going on myself, I want to say something about that election being stolen. You know, there's this thing that pundits are doing right now. I think it's hilarious. Pundits are like, oh, you know, well, Senator Sanders, he can't turn out his base and young people aren't voting. And we, we joke all the time with our students, you guys are flaky, you don't vote. I love when pundits say stupid stuff like that on TV. Let's consider the 2016 election before we talk about young people's participation. Young people came out in droves for Senator Sanders and had an election stolen from them. What do you think these people are thinking now? We have a theory in, in political science called rational voter theory, where a voter understands that one vote makes no difference in an election if you think about it. One vote cannot really make a difference in most elections. So if you consider rational voter theory for even a second, you would understand why young people who turned out in 16 for Senator Sanders might be a little bit less than enthusiastic about standing in a six hour line to come vote again in one of your raggedy elections. But you know, whatever you pundits say. So let's get back to me for a second because yeah, yeah, I'm the subject of this vlog. So let's get back to me. Um, I've compromised my, my convictions. I voted for Hillary and uh, I believe the election was stolen from Senator Sanders. Where am I now? Senator, uh, Secretary Clinton lost the election. Trump is president. Now we're in 2020, where I believe the election was again tilted against Senator Sanders. You know, for whatever reason, people don't want him to be president or even to represent the party in the general. Uh, I believed the entire time that he had a better chance of winning the general than he did the Democratic primary. Um, for whatever reason, I mean, people had a grudge. I know that Hillary people have a grudge against Senator Sanders. They grind that axe every day, all day on cable news. So Senator Sanders is about to lose this election. I know that Joe Biden is going to win the election. I believe Joe Biden is Hillary 2.0. He is even worse on policy than Hillary in some cases. I mean, yes, he voted for the war in Iraq like she did. She only voted for the crime. I'm sorry. She only supported the crime bill while uh, as a first lady under her pres under under her husband who was president, you know, Joe Biden wrote the crime bill. Uh, you know, and I have a very big problem with people that don't see how many black men specifically, but black people in general got thrown in jail and had their lives ruined, communities ruined because of people like Joe Biden. So, you know, here I am again on the precipice of an election asking myself, what do you really believe? You know, how are you going to make an imprint on politics if you're always compromising your convictions to do what the masses have decided is so important? You know, I know Trump is a bad person. I disagree with him on policy most of the time. You know, I will say this, Joe Biden has put more black men in jail than Trump has let out of jail. How about that? If Trump catches up with his number of letting people out of jail, that Joe Biden has put in jail, I might actually vote for Trump. I mean, I'm kidding, but I'm just saying, you know, Trump lets people out of jail, 3,000 at least black people out of jail because of Trump. You know, how many of those people 
did Joe Biden let out of jail at all? I mean, he could take credit for some things that Obama did, but in eight years of Obama, less drug offenders, nonviolent drug offenders, got let out of jail than in the first uh, term of Trump's presidency. So, I mean, come on. So anyway, y'all are basically browbeating me like you do bullying, like you do with black people all over the country and saying, you must vote for our nominee or bad things are going to happen to you, whatever, these in, indiscriminate, you know, bad things that I don't know about what they really are. I mean, I would actually challenge you to tell me what's the list of things that are going to happen to me positive because Joe Biden is president. I mean, I would challenge any black person that voted for Joe Biden in one of those primaries to tell me three tangible things that are going to happen for black people because Joe Biden is president. I guarantee you, you'll struggle with that list. Um, anyway, not the point. The point is, do I want to sacrifice my convictions again and vote for someone who is a corporate centrist, uh, prison industrial complex, warmonger, person that I just disagree with on almost everything in order to get Trump out of the White House? Now, I can tell you flat out, my life, my life personally, and this is not how my, my calculation actually works, my life personally has not gotten any better or any worse under Trump. Bottom line. Now, I consider other people when I vote, right? All kinds of people. Disadvantaged people, mostly. Um, the people that I think got, got it the worst under Trump are probably uh, Hispanics uh, or Latinx folks uh, or uh, people of Muslim descent. Okay, so let's talk about that for a second. Um, you know, on people of Latin or Hispanic descent, you know, Joe Biden was a vice president during the Obama administration and President Obama really did start family separation. I know that none of you want to believe that because you've read like a New York Times headline once, but I've read those articles <laughs> and I've also done research with the actual activists on the ground who go to the detention centers and talk to immigrants and they tell me that separation and deaths at the border deaths of immigrants, all that started under Obama. So Joe Biden seems no better on those issues to me. Maybe on the um, people of Muslim descent issue, we could look for a better outcome with Joe Biden. Okay, okay, maybe that's true. But quite frankly, uh, I don't even believe he's going to win the election. And that's probably the most important thing, that you're trying to get me to compromise my convictions again for someone who's going to lose again. And that's just not happening. I'm not voting again for some anybody we put up there candidate uh, because we said so uh, just to get nothing out of it and also watch that person lose uh, and then end up with compromised convictions, uh, questioning my own personal political beliefs and still another four years of Trump. So I'm going to tell you straight up, I'm not voting for Joe Biden in the general. It's just not happening. Uh, I don't care what you do in this primary. You know, maybe I'll go vote for Senator Sanders in the Georgia primary because just as a, you know, a little symbolism vote, because I'm so opposed to Joe Biden as president. But I don't see the odds of Joe Biden winning being very good. A, B, I don't believe in Joe Biden at all. I actually disagree with him quite, frank, uh, quite a bit um, and think he's the problem with politics rather than something that's good about politics. Uh, and C, uh, you know, it's... 
I'm tired of people shaming black people and acting like we have to participate in Democratic Party elections 90 plus percent every single time with whoever you nominate, regardless of their actual ability to deliver anything for the black community. So that's how that goes. Um, if you got a problem with that, take it up with the comments. Again, this is Larry Harris Jr., a.k.a. Black Bobby, not voting for Joe Biden in the general election. Peace.